hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. And Dr. Walter Aka. Welcome What's back. On, Two weeks in a row. Yeah, second man. week in a row. You know what? Um, it's me. You know, it's, it's the fact that, uh, one, I, I look like like a black Mr. Rogers right now. <laughs> you know I mean? With the gray and everything. I, I, I look ridiculous. Like that. You know, it's, it's cold in, uh, in Texas right now. So that's why. What's I, cold? I can actually... Cold is like 40s. Okay, okay. all right. Yeah, it used to be cold was like, you know, minus two degrees when I was in Pittsburgh. But I've gotten soft, you know, so cold (laughs) is is 40 now, you know what I mean? Uh, But no, you know what, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, You know, you and I were basically just kind of talking um, before we started recording, and we were talking about what's actually going on in dentistry. And I'm not sure about you, Kyle, but I'm noticing a lot of issues when it comes to hiring assistants, hiring hygienists, keeping assistants, keeping hygienists, you know, and everybody's pulling a lot of these games. So I kind of wanted to break that down today. Just talk about, you know, because I bet you people are listening and and either if you're a hygienist assistant, you're going, well, you guys don't understand. And we want to understand. Right. And if you're a dentist, you're sitting there miserable because you're thinking that the the pool is just is drained. Right. Or you have to pay a lot more. Right. right? Uh, It's funny. Like, um, we're looking for uh, a new car. Okay. Right, we're looking for a new car, right? Because my car has been beat up and I love new cars. Oh, well, I love old cars. I really do. I, I keep my car for like 10, 12 years. Right. That's okay. the kind of level of, of, of cheapness that I have. What do you, you know? drive but, now? But I, say what? A Nissan Rogue. Okay. You know, I, I'm not one of those people that likes to like drive like BMWs and or like, Porsches. you know, like you know, Porsches. And I can't do it. <laughs> I, I just can't bring myself to go into a lot and so spend that much money. And then all of a sudden, the second I pull out, my my investment dropped like twenty percent, right, and right. I haven't done anything, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't even enjoy it. I'm not single. What the hell do I need a Porsche for? Right, you right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> my wife is not impressed. <laughs> you know, but uh, but no, it's it's actually you know you can see where inflation, you can see where cost is happening, right? In everything, right? Yep. From food to houses to cars to whatever we're dealing with right now we know that price is going up right but the funny thing is the only thing that matters to us is assistance dental materials right right uh what else what else uh front office right you know hygienists everything is going up from from our end right except for one thing and kyle you know the one thing that i'm talking about dental insurance Uh, Dental insurance, a reimbursement for dental insurance. That's is not right. Going up. That's right. This is going to be know, so fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun talking about this. It's, it's been a while, so Kyle needs to get all his anger out. <laughs> but, but let's just start from the beginning, right? I know for sure the offices that I go to, the doctors that I talk to, uh, they all say the same thing. I can't get an assistant to stay. I can't get good assistance. You know, uh, the people that are, are here or want to come here, want to ask for way more than what it would have been two years ago. Right. Right. I'm not sure what the average assistant gets paid now, Okay. but I know for sure that you can put plus two, plus three, plus four dollars to that. Right. Hourly. Right. Right. Uh, and that's what they're asking for. Do you know what the, the, uh, the, at the offices you go to, are there any kind of bonuses set up for the assistants? Are there any kind of, other benefits other than straight salary or straight hourly pay? Yeah. Yeah. So they actually get like, uh, um, they get, they get, uh, what's it called? Retirement. Okay. I want to say they get paid vacation. Okay. You know, so they get some perks. Right. Right. Because most of it is, it's uh, corporate, the ones that I deal with. And then there are some other private practice, places, but it's corporate. Right. So they get a lot of that 401k. They get travel, they, you know, travel uh, for some of the people that travel around from different offices. Mm-hmm. They get, uh, you know, perks from, like I said, uh, you know, uh, bonuses. You know, if an office does well, they bonus, right? right? Now, don't, don't quote me on this. This might be either taken away now, right, or it might be reduced. The bonus. But I remember uh, the bonuses and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's another thing. So, again, I'm, I'm, you know, we're going to talk about this, and maybe you and I can do, like, a reversal where I'll be the assistant, you'll be the, the doctor. And sure. We'll kind of – We'll try to see, you know, because I've talked to multiple assistants and I, I hear their grief. I hear their, their issues with the whole dental field. Right, right. right. I've talked to hygienists and I hear their issues with the whole dental field. I've talked to dentists and associates and I've heard their whole. So we'll, we'll kind of break it down. You know, I want to break it down and talk about everything that's you know, happening. But when it comes to assistance, the one thing that 
I've noticed, and someone made a, a statement that made me laugh, but they were like, the only thing COVID ever did was basically make everything crap here, right? So the good assistants decided, I don't want to deal with this crap. And left. Okay. And the people that that weren't that good were seemed to be the one to want to stay around. Yeah. So we basically have, you know, uh, we basically had to deal with what we had. Right. Right. Because there's a lot of people that left the dental. I know a good amount of assistants that were really, really good. That were like, "Listen, I'm retiring. I'm hmm. going to leave." Right. And I, when I'm not, I'm not trying to insult anybody because I bet you someone will call me and be like, "Hey, you know, you said the ones that are left are crappy." <laughs> no, and the ones that I know that left were really, really good, you, right? They cared about what they were doing. They cared about, like, making, you know, trying, putting the effort in. And I'm, no, I'm noticing that lack. Now, th- this isn't just specific to dentistry because it it's, has a title to it. It's the Great Resignation, right? Uh, there's been, right. like, however many millions of people have quit their jobs. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around what are all these people doing if they're quitting their jobs? How are they surviving? Are they all just making their own business at home where they're becoming self-employed right. what, or are they switch an industry or what are they doing to support that same lifestyle that they had before? They're switching industries. Man. Okay. Some people are just switching out of dentistry period. I know a hygienist that decided, Nope, I'm going to become an accountant. And I was like, wow. okay, cool. Right. Okay. You know, and that's and so quite the like, shift. You know, her back was hurting. Her, her wrist was hurting. So there are different factors to it. Right. But people are leaving dentistry and going to do something else. Okay. Or they're just starting their own business because right. now everybody can make stuff at home, can sell stuff online and so forth. And I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I don't blame them. Yeah. I don't blame them. Right. I don't, I, I, I personally believe I, I heard Howard, Howard Ferran, you know, I mean, this is, that's a name drop. Howard <laughs> Ferran made, made, made a comment and, and he was basically saying that, you know, dentistry needs to be more flexible to these assistants and hygienists and stuff, right? Because dentists will expect their team to show up at like 7.30 and then they'll showing up at like 8, 8.30 because they had to drop off their kids. Well, guess what? Your team has kids that they have to drop off. Right, right. right? So the first question I, I have is, are we not flexible enough, right? We right. have my brothers. They work from home. Right. They work from home. They, their jobs allows them to work from home. I know dentists cannot allow, you know, we cannot work from home. Right. But maybe our front office people who don't need to be there, maybe they're the ones that only deal with insurance. Maybe they can work from home. Right. Yeah, right. I, I've heard of dental offices that are setting up a, uh, a little um, a tablet up front. And, you know, when somebody comes in, they're, they're talking to your live receptionist, but she's on a tablet at her house and she's not even in the office. Right. So there, there are ways that people are trying, our offices are trying to navigate this, but no, it's uh healthcare is not one of those things that we can work remotely from. Right. No, but I mean, what can we do? You know, let's try to brainstorm. What can we do to make sure that the people that are with us feel that they have the flexibility to do different things? And are we just kind of open in Pandora's box if we allow them to show up anytime you want, you know, Hey, you know, I had to drop off my kid. Right. Well, you're two hours late. Right. Yeah, yeah, my kid. You know what I mean? My kid. So I'm going to, are we opening Pandora's box whenever, you know, because Howard said, oh, we just have to be more flexible. But then what's the level of flexibility that we have to give? Well, are we just going to end up opening Pandora's box and just making it worse? As far as flexibility, we have to have people in the office, right? We we have to have assistants. We have to have hygienists. And to have that flexibility where Susie doesn't have to come in till, 10 o'clock when we open at seven o'clock, then mm-hmm. we might have to hire more staff and Susie might not get her full-time benefits. Now she might only go down to part-time because okay. that's the only hours that really work for her. But I think it's with the, uh, the current employment, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's an employee's market, so they can really kind of didn't, mm-hmm. Put out there. This is what I want. If not, there's you know 15 other businesses that are looking to hire me. So it's, I mean, if we have what's to your, have what's your solution? What's your solution if flexibility is not the issue? So right. we we uh, as I've talked before, and we've had Todd on Todd King on here with Fortune Management. Uh, Fortune Management is very big into the culture of your office. So it's okay. um, you know. 
I don't know if you've worked for jobs strictly for money, but there are jobs that I've worked where yes. you can make, make a lot of money, but it's just absolutely miserable being there. And there are some dentists used, that do I that. To, I used to work at Kmart. So I okay. Did. Yeah. Okay. A <laughs> They're a big payer, when huh? I was a teenager, <laughs> when I was a teenager, it was that, that was my first job. I hated every second of it. Okay. You know what I mean? But I got paid. Right. And and, and at that time, I was like, I'm, I'm making, I'm finally making money. Right. 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 Uh, it allowed me to uh, um, basically uh, have a little bit of freedom to buy some stuff that I wanted to buy. Sure. And at the time, yeah. Fubu, Fubu was big. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Fubu was big. So I bought this gold Fubu jacket. <laughs> and I felt like I was killing it. Yeah. I felt like I was killing it. So, yes, that was the one time I, I, I will say that I uh, worked strictly for money. I hated that job. So there, there's yeah. a lot of dental practices that are just miserable to work for certain dentists or certain staff. Yeah. And they have to pay their staff well above the, the going market rate because that's how they get employees in the door. But even if you're getting paid well above market rate for as an assistant or a hygienist, if your work conditions are terrible where you don't get respected, you're getting thrown under the bus all the time, you're always leaving. If you, you're supposed to be done seeing patients at five o'clock, but you're always running late. So you, you're not getting out of there till six, seven o'clock at night. All of those things um, make the money not worth it to some people. So if it's not, if you're not there strictly for money, then you're there because you like the environment. You like what you do as a profession. And that's where fortune management has helped my office really build that culture on why are we here? Why, what is our why? And if you can create that culture, then, uh, grant, I, there's other things you you know the pay is there also, but I was gonna say yeah, yeah. I don't care how much kumbaya. You <laughs> no, I mean you you have to have everything else there too, but okay, to get people okay. to stay and not want to work, you got to pay them a fair rate, and you got yeah. it's it's got to be a place that they like working. So I'm a big fan yeah, what's of a fair rate though. What's the fair rate now? Is it a fair is it a fair rate? Hey, we basically give everybody an increase in in rate wages so that we can retain them. Right. Or do we just give them like structural bonuses that says if the office does well, we do well. What do you think an assistant or a hygienist would really want? Would they want to get that pay consistently or would they get want to get like a bonus structure? Uh, I, I think there's a certain portion of the population that wants that guaranteed pay no matter what. Um I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I, right. I know that's me. I, I want consistency in my life. Right. And there, there's a other portion of the, the population that are very driven, motivated, and are commission-based salesmen or commission-based people. I'm talking outside of dentistry right now, but commission-based, the harder I work, the better job I do, the more value I bring to this company, the more sales that I get for them, the higher my take-home pay is going to be. And okay. I don't think that's a problem in dentistry because looking at the numbers of a uh, of what your collections are, uh, what's if, what's not a problem? Uh, looking at having that same commission based uh, bonus system in a in a dental office. So you think that's a good idea? I do. Uh, so you think that that's better than giving somebody an increase in rate? My, my theory is um, pay the going rate, whatever that may be. Okay. And on top of that, a bonus system. So you figure okay. out. So do both. Right. Yeah. As a dental office, you know, our goal is to have, I think, 30% of our overhead as employee wages. So figure out what that going rate is. Um, what I've even had my, uh, when one of my assistants asked for a raise, I said, I have no idea what the going rate is right now. I'm, it's not something I keep constantly keep my finger on. I said, but, and this was probably bad for my local area, but I said, if you do, you do your research, this is how you ask for a raise. You do your research saying, this is the current range that I'm finding what a dental assistant makes in the area anywhere, you know, from a, an entry level to top of the line, best of the best, this is what they make. And we can figure out where you are from there. And you tell me what extra value you have bought to the practice. Because just because okay. the earth went around the sun one more time doesn't mean you're entitled to a raise. It's, you know, I can give you more based on the extra value you bring, whether it's you're making my job less stressful, you're 
gaining new skills that now you can assist with implants where before you were only making temporary crowns or, or something along those lines. If you're constantly building those skills and being able to do more, but at some point you're going to reach the high end of what somebody makes. A dental assistant is never going to make $150,000 a year. It's just no. every, every salary. <laughs> Maybe I yours do. Somebody asked, I don't think you but every job has a, uh, a, a, a a certain amount where you've reached the max amount for this uh, okay. outside of inflation or, or, or normal things. But uh, after that, if you're dialing in whatever that hourly rate is, I really believe in a bonus system where, look, we're doing very well as an office. This is the... Um, the kind of minimum I have set, everything above this minimum that we have collected, uh, I'll give, you know, my bonus system is as I, if we hit this number of collections every month, that's my bare minimum number. Every thousand dollars that we collect after that, you get an extra 10 cents per hour work that month. And, and who gets that? Is it everybody. the front office that gets that? No. Oh, everybody we're, gets it. We're a team. So everybody gets, okay. every get hygienist, you know, they have their role in helping to co-diagnose. They have their role in treating perio and uh, keeping their schedules full. Front desk has their role in scheduling my patients, get, uh, collecting payments, and my assistants and I have our roles in producing dentistry. And some people look at it as this is you're running this you know, more as a business. And the more you produce, the more dentistry you do, the higher your collections are. So maybe there's some, uh, uh, maybe you're pushing some extra treatment that might not be needed, or maybe your staff are so they can, the office can collect more and do better. And that, I think that's the balance between healthcare and running a business in healthcare because as healthcare, we want to do what's best for the patient. As a business, we look at the bottom line. And healthcare puts we have to put those two together in an ethical way. But I look at collections and how the office is doing. Those numbers are just a report card. This is how well I'm doing. This is, you know, as that number goes up, that just means because I'm comfortable with how I treatment plan and the treatment I do, I look at that as as that number goes up, I'm able to. That just shows that I'm helping more people. And, I, and, do you, and do you increase that number yearly? So let's just say last January we did this. So this January we have to increase that. I that haven't. Bottom, that bottom. I haven't. So uh, you just keep it consistent. I, I keep it consistent. Um, I know there are some consultants out there that will look at, they'll go through and say, you know, we need to, if we're at 30% overhead for employee wages, if we come in at 25%, then everybody splits that 5% and that's what their bonus is. Um, but as you bring on more staff, then that piece of the pie is getting cut up into a smaller piece. Yeah. But I, if I'm bringing on extra staff, currently my thought process is I'm not going to punish the staff and raise that because if I bring somebody else on, that should mean I'm able to produce more dentistry because otherwise why would I bring somebody else on? I, I need that person to be able to pay for themselves plus some. Okay. Um, All so right, let's switch to, yeah. let's switch to uh, a hygienist. Yeah. Right. Hygienists are also kind of leaving right. very, very much. I mean, if they're not, they're not trying to, from what I know and tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of hygienists are now basically saying, I want to do temp and job. I want to be a temp. Right. Right. Because you get to control um, where you go, right? You get to see different places. You get to get more money because you're paying a temp hygienist way more than you would right. a, a hygienist in house, right? Um, because it's a temporary situation, hopefully, right? Um, and and these temp uh, hygienists, but they're not getting any kind of like you know health insurance or retirement. But it doesn't seem to be an issue. They seem to kind of enjoy the fact that they get to go to whatever office. They like the offices because of variety and they're in control. Let's right. just be honest. I think it comes down to being in control. Right. So how do we make sure that we change this this uh, culture that we've developed where hygienists now are very much of a seasonal 
situation. I I was listening to a podcast, um, and they were talking about traveling nurses being more. I was going to uh, say that nursing is yeah, just, it's big yeah, in nursing, nursing also. Yeah, a lot of nurses have now started traveling right. because they make more because they get to control where to go, they get to control their hours, their days, and so forth. Right. Right. Uh, and so some nurses that have been in the same hospital for God knows how long are now trying to travel because one, they're like, wait a minute, I get this person just came in, gets paid way more than I do. Right. When I could just travel, maybe go down 30 minutes away, right. <laughs> an hour away and get paid way more. Right. So everybody, I mean, the whole consensus is everybody wants to get paid more. They want to be able to control their, their basically their, their, their uh, um, career. Right. right. So how do we get people to want to be in that old school uh, model where you saw the same hygienist for like 30 years. Right. Right. Cause now we're seeing different people are seeing different hygienists and patients are sooner or later going to say, this is not worth it. Right. Because the one thing that I used to enjoy was I used to come and see the same hygienist. Right. Now I'm not seeing that. Right. So that connection is not there. Right. And that's going to affect the bottom line of every office. Right. I, I think that's, if you're in that position as a hygienist, as a dental assistant, front desk, it's you really need to sit down and, and think about these are the pros and cons. The pros of working full time, being consistent at the same office, you know your schedule, you know uh, where you're going to be two weeks from now, three weeks from now, you know you're going to be employed, you know you have these benefits, you know the employer is paying these payroll taxes for you. Uh, they're taking care of everything. You're getting your W-2 and everything else is taken care of. If you go to that temp position or you become your own boss, you're a, um, uh, what's the, the term I'm looking for? Um, well, you're, you're basically um, uh, hired. I mean, you're, you're, you're a contractor. The, yeah, an independent contractor. If you go the route of yeah. being an independent contractor, you got to factor in, okay, yeah, I'm getting paid more per hour, but I got to cover my health insurance. I might not have a consistent schedule. I'm not going to have a consistent paycheck. I have to file my own taxes. I got uh, my own quarterly taxes and take care of that stuff or Uncle Sam's going to be knocking on my door or hitting me up because I didn't do things right. So that's extra time out of my schedule. And Well, okay, let me go ahead and um, play devil's advocate for them. Right? Mm -hmm. So all that stuff that you said about paying quarterly and stuff, you can just get a, an accountant to do all that for you. You could, then you're so, paying I mean, for the accountant. What, yeah, right, but I mean, you still have to get an account for a W-2. Nah, there's free software for that. <laughs> no, well, okay, if, if, if you're single, have no responsibility, then yes, you're right. Right. You can, get, you can go online and get the free software. You know, there's TurboTax and, and everything, but yeah, you, know, right, you get free right. software and it's easy. Family, if you have a family, you still have to use an account anyway. So, so what's, what's the difference? I get paid more. You get paid more, right. But then you're still covering that other stuff. Uh, you're not part of an employee-sponsored health plan, so you might be paying more out-of-pocket for insurance. And it's not this is right or this is wrong. It's really just looking at the situation and what's best for you. But um, So you're basically saying, I think, I think what I'm hearing from you is the best thing to do is look at the two numbers. Right. How much you're going to get paid in an office if you're stagnant there, and how much you're going to get paid if you're uh, um, basically temping, right? right? And so let's just say the difference is like three dollars an hour. Right. You have to now factor all the cost that comes with that three dollars an hour increase. Right. Right. You said an accountant. You said um, uh, you know you have to pay your own health insurance. Right. Is it going to be more if you have? Yeah, if you have to pay your own health insurance. You have to look at travel in between different offices, so that's gas. You have to look right? at your own retirement Bring accounts and, and managing that, setting up your own retirement accounts. Uh, how how are you going to handle that? And well, that's actually kind of easy because if you just go to any trader like Fidelity or whatever, you can have account right. set up. So that's right. not hard. That's not hard. Is there um, but, it, you're losing yeah. out on an employer match? So a lot of employers. Okay. There's three, okay. four, five percent that you're just leaving on the table that you never actually see in your paycheck, but the employer. But, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Most public, most uh, uh, private practices don't even give uh, uh, health insurance, and and that's a personally, right? I, I think so, that's so a problem. I think that's yeah, a problem. Why are they losing out? Right, and that. So I just did this for my staff, and I do this every year. 
when it comes time for annual reviews. It's not a, this is what you're doing good or this is what you're doing bad. This is, uh, let's take a look at the past year. Uh, what did you like? What didn't you like? What areas would you like to improve on? This kind of stuff. And I, I prepare a document for them of, the, this is your annual statement of benefits. This is what you made per hour. This is how many hours you worked. And I pull a lot of this from their final pay stub for the year. But then I add in, this is what I contributed to your, your retirement accounts. This is how much it grew based on the, the company that I used to manage your, all the funds for the whole office. Uh, this is how much I can paid for meals for you for the year, for, uh, for scrubs, for uh, travel, oh, for CE. Um, I, I have before you. It's, uh, okay. Well, see, see what you just did right there? You basically now subs- you subsidized certain things that uh, maybe a hygienist would have to pay for. Right. Scrubs. Maybe you pay for CE. Right. Like, again, I hope the dentists are listening to say you don't necessarily always have to give somebody an increase in, in, in a paycheck. Right. You know, maybe you take some of the burden off of them. Like, hey, guys, we'll have, uh, you know, I'll buy all the scrubs. Right. For the whole office. Right. You know, you don't have to buy a scrub. That's a, that's a substantial amount because, you know, if you look at some of these scrubs around here, man, they're, they're basically $100 for yeah. a pair. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking about some of the fancy stuff. I don't want to say any names because no, no one's giving us money, you know. <laughs> but right. you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. You yeah. know, Instagram and stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, I, I refuse to buy any of those scrubs. I, I break it down into these are your wages. This is how much I paid for you for Social Security payroll taxes, Medicare payroll tax, unemployment tax. Uh, this is how much bonus that you've gotten throughout the whole year. This is how, what your training pay has been. This is how much holiday pay for vac- or for uh, you know Christmas and Fourth of July and stuff. This is how much paid time off you've earned. This is what I've paid for meals. I buy my staff massages every three months. Um, this is how much. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I started, this is official. I started working for Dr. Dumpert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will be expecting my massage. Uh, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> but, you know, you break it all down and say, you know, this is, you, know, you, as you see, make this much per hour. But after you add in all of these extra, all this extra stuff that I pay for, this is what your actual hourly rate is. And on top of that, all the extra taxes, if you look at, say you went from $15 to after bonuses and all this other stuff that you're benefiting from, you're now at $25 an hour. Put on top of that an extra $3 an hour that I'm paying for all of your employment taxes, that if you were to go work for yourself, that wouldn't be covered. You'd be covering that. And then the added value of, uh, you know, the information you're getting from continuing education classes that I'm paying for, I'm paying you to attend, but you're getting the value of that knowledge that you take wherever you go. You get, um, you know, the, the value of the dental services that I'm providing for you and your family that aren't charged. I keep track of all of that stuff and I print it out for them in a document every year and say, this is mm-hmm. what you're actually costing me per hour this is the benefit you're getting per hour and this is what i expect you to bring as value to me okay otherwise you know we got to work something else out here because if you know you're bringing if you're costing me 50 dollars an hour of value and as a hygienist you know reinsurance reimbursement is only paying 30 dollars an hour or 30 dollars for a profi you either got to I, as an owner, have to reevaluate, reevaluate these insurance contracts because, as we mentioned, we're not getting any more money from dental insurance companies. They're not giving us a 7 to 10% inflation raise every year. So as an, as an owner, you got to look, well, maybe I need to start eliminating some of these insurance contracts because I'm losing money uh, keeping this hygienist here. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Let's let's uh, let's break the let's let's talk about another thing that hygienists have kind of complained about was the amount of time they are allotted to uh, do their job. Mm-hmm. Right? If a patient needs SRP, 
And, you know, some hygienists are like, well, you know, the office is giving me an hour to do, I don't know, we'll say one half, one quadrant, or no, one half of the mouth. Right. Right. We'll just say, I, I think it might be more, it might, might actually be shorter with some of the places that I know. Right. right? Um, you know, but these hygienists are saying, I need more time to do a proper job. Right. Right. And, and, and do- doctors usually respond by, well, let's look at the numbers. Right. Right. If you're getting paid a certain amount for the SRP, and I give you more than an hour, we're actually end up losing money. Right. But now, how do you balance that where hygienists feel like they need to give them more time? And how do you balance that with running the business? It's uh, That's a hard question. It is. It is. It's, it's a, a, an honest question that the hygienist needs to ask herself as far as, you know, I have to have my expectations in a way that why would he pay for me to be here and lose money? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, if okay. you want to ask for a raise, the way you do it is you show the value. This is how much I'm bringing to your practice. Not it's all about me because any boss that you ask for anything, if it's the employee saying, what about me? What about me? What about me? The boss's job is to look after the business because if the business isn't doing good, nobody has a job. <laughs> there is no me. There, right. There is no, but, uh, there's no us. There's no you. There's no anybody because we're out of yeah, business. Yeah. And the boss has to look at the insurance contracts or what the what income is coming in from that procedure and figure out a way to either get higher reimbursement, go out of network, or maybe you don't have you're not able to offer that procedure. If you're working at a Medicaid clinic, maybe you should be referring all of that stuff out to a periodontist or someone else if you're losing money on it. You know, I have a solution. I actually thought about that because a, a hygienist brought that up to my attention. And I thought about it for a while. You mm. know, I mean, I like to ponder. I like to, you know, kind of meditate on on all the stuff that everybody asks me because you know I want to give wisdom like right. I've been doing for years. You know, uh, <laughs> they, they call me Walter the Wisdom. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. But, you, you, know, you earn those uh, gray but, hairs in your goatee. You know, the, the second the gray hairs came in, that's actually when I became wiser. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I thought about it. Actually, you know, I, we joke a lot, but I thought about it and I said, well, it's that's simple to me. It's as simple as having the proper tools, right? Right. If a hygienist is going in there and they're doing the same procedure and it's taking them forever, you might want to reevaluate and look at your tools and say, hey, are your scalers sharp enough? Right. Because if they're not sharp enough, you're going to be going to the same spot. Right. You're going to be working and working and working. You're going to be making more strokes and doing more than you need to, right. working harder than you have to. Right. Right. If, 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 you're, if you're a cook or if you're a chef, and you have dull instruments, you're nicer dull, you're not going to make proper cuts. You're not going to do anything in a more efficient manner. Right. You're going to be slower. Right. So I think as doctors, this is the thing that I actually should, you should really do. Instead of blaming the hygienist and saying, well, you're not working fast enough, you need to do this, 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 or saying, oh, insurance is not. Start off with the basics, things that can be replaced and easily replaced, things that can be easily corrected. Right. Look and say, how long have we had these scalers or, or, or curettes? Right. Right. If it's been a long time, when was the last time we sharpened these? Right. Because they have different companies or, or they have different tools you can give to your hygienist. Maybe if they're not busy, they sharpen their own instrument. Right. Right. If you have the proper tools and you sharpen everything, hey, when was the last time we, we uh, checked our, you know, uh, cavitrons? Right. Right? Or, do you or, even have uh, Cavitrons in your office? Maybe you, you should invest in that. Make the right? job better yes. for your hygienist. Yes. Yep. Do, do the hygienists understand, you know, how to use different instruments? Maybe they weren't, they, they're not used to doing scaling replane because they never diagnosed it. Right. These are all things that we have to look at before we sit there and, and say, I need to get paid more or I need more uh, time. Right? right. Because I, I remember when I was uh, a resident, mm-hmm. actually when I was in dental school, they would give us three, four hours to do like one filling. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I thought, I said to myself, I need three to three to four hours to do that. Right. But I didn't account for a lot of stuff. How many times I would touch the tooth, take it out, look at it. Right. Touch the tooth, take it out. Look. Right. Every little action that you do is wasting time. Yeah. It took you, you know, a half hour just to get the anesthesia approved by the instructor. Right. Another thing might be the second we brought in, uh, an assistant, we would cut our, our production or time 
in half. Right. Because now we're not sitting here trying to suction and do, you see what I mean? Right. There's so many other ways to look at this besides mo- monetarily saying, I'm just going to give you more money or I'm going to give you more time. Maybe, maybe, they, there's no, maybe there's an assistant for all the hygienists that you have and they go in there and clean the rooms, take the x-rays, do maybe assist, you know, with a tough case. Right. These are all little things that we can absolutely do. Right. And so really it's not a matter of, okay, do we need more time? Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of times where I go, yeah, you need more time. Right. Because it's a tougher case, but that's a case by case. You know, it's not, oh, let's just increase everything by an hour and a half. Right. Well, what, you had, you know, a little bit of calculus that popped off like that. Then you have another hour where you're just sitting there talking to, to the patient and you're wasting time. Right. You're not doing anything beneficial. So right. I think there is a, and I, and I think that's what needs to happen. Flexibility in everybody's schedule. Right. To and say, hey, this patient, if you look ahead, you can say, hey, this patient is going to need a little more time. So let's go ahead and give him a little time. Right. But this one may not need as much time. Right. And I think hygienists need to be more flexible. Well, and, and, those, and that's a scary word nowadays. And, Flexibility. And the, the, there's also some other strategies. Uh, and I did this when I was fresh out of residency. I had joined up with uh, the practice that I was planning on buying at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, to build my schedule, any new patients that were coming in, as the dentist, I was doing the cleaning. That spent. I was spending more time with the patient. I was diagnosing more. I was building that rapport with patients as a new provider in that office. So maybe as a dentist, as an owner, if you really don't have any hygiene applicants at all, maybe you should put an ad out for a dentist, uh, a new grad dentist, an associate dentist, and that with the understanding of you're going to take care of everything for this patient, including their hygiene and as you continue to build and fill your schedule, then we can look at bringing a hygienist on at that point to take that load off of you. So you're doing more profitable things, but uh, that's a good way for a, a new grad to one, get into an office to get used to the office before trying to jump into doing root canals and implants and full mouth rehab that everybody oh, yeah. wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they, they think it's they're amazing. ready for it. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing how many people want to do, you know, it, you know, I was I was telling everybody, I'm like, you you know, I look at dental students and new grads as, as babies, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I, have, I, have yeah. a, I have a two year old. I'm trying to potty train right now. It's evil. It's completely evil. <laughs> I, I I have failed so hard this past week. <laughs> but that's another stir for another day, right? I look at them as as babies, right? Right. First, they learn to like they kind of explore their environment, so yep. they're in dental school, yep. right? Then they finally start to crawl, right? Yep. And then you know maybe we. We, we see, oh man, they took their first step, and you're getting excited. And as a parent, you get you get excited, right? Yep. But you don't then see them driving a car. The next step is not they're not driving a car. You know, like the next step might be they get comfortable, they balance themselves, they learn to run. Right. Right. But these these new grads want to drive cars. Yeah. And they have yet to learn how to run. Yeah. They want to drive Porsche, but yeah. yet have learned how to. They, you don't even know occlusion. Right, but yet you want to do full mouth rehab yep. that involves more technical skills than you have. Yep. You can't even do a a, a, a crown prep in an hour, yep. but yet you want to do a full mouth rehab. Right, and, and and it bothers me. I think we have to put everything in perspective and be patient. Right, everybody wants something today yep. when they need time. Yep. right. So that transition goes to the issue with grad, uh, the, the, the issues with associates. Mm-hmm. What I'm noticing is. The associate comes in, hey, you know, Dr. Dumper, I'm so excited to work with your office, man. You're a great guy. I've heard so many good things about you. They're buttering you up, right? right. Yep. And you know what? Uh, you're the best You're the best part of that podcast, you know? <laughs> and they're saying all kinds of stuff, all the right stuff. And so then you basically say, you know what? I want this kid. I want this guy or girl to be on my team. Right. So you get excited as an owner and you sign them up. Six months later, it's, uh, I'm not making as much. And so they've come back to you now. Yep. Mind you, the one factor that's changed is now they're not, on a, they're not on a guarantee. Right. And I'm noticing that. After their guarantee comes up or runs out, they all of a sudden, it's, I'm not happy. This is not right for me. This is not their fit, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure if you've noticed or heard anybody, but this is, seems to be the trend. And then they go to another office yep. and the same cycle happens over and over and over again. So the question is, how do we keep associates in the office that they're at? How do we keep them happy? 
how do we make sure that they're going to stay? Because every time we get a new associate, that's about what? I think the ADA said, what, $150,000? Yeah. That you basically have to account for, right? right? Because now you have to train them again. You have to get them accustomed. You have to build them up, ramp them up again right? with uh, new patients. So how do we keep the people that we have? I yeah, it's a good question, and I, I think it comes down to to the culture. If they like being there, uh, and you treat them right as an employer, then I mean, they, they talk about well, what about what about what about the fact that they have student loans, right? What about the fact that they're not making any money? Because a lot of their argument is, listen, I'm just not making any money. Yeah, I thought I was going to be making money, but I'm not. I've been there. So whose fault is it? Been yeah, there, right? Yeah. I, I jumped around from office to office for years. Uh, and, why did you do that? It was, you know, part of it was money. The other part, I was I, at one office, I was making good money. And I, was, I was happy there. It, but, you know, it comes down to where do you want to live? Where Where's your family at? When do you, where do you want to raise a family? What's the culture of the office? There's a lot of moving parts that come together. To Well, but you just said you were happy. So the culture was there. It's just that you, so you lied about being happy. There. I, I, I was happy. No, yeah. it was, uh, okay. so it was my Hawaii office when I worked at Hawaii. And, okay. you know, it's hard to be a sad person when you live in Hawaii. And um, it is, uh, you know, making good money, but mm-hmm. family and friends are back on the East Coast. So that piece of the puzzle wasn't there for me. There also okay. wasn't an option to, buy into the practice, my contract said specifically, you're going to be an associate with no option to buy in. Um, so if you want to keep an associate at your office, you got to have the option that they can buy into that business. And if they eventually want to become a partner or an owner of it, that option has to be there. And once they buy into it, then they're not going to leave. Well, buy in, buy, buy in at what price? When they first got there or after they ramped it up and your office is doing so was it when your office was doing let's just say half a million mm-hmm. or when it's doing two million right like when you know that's a big difference and, and so that's a that's it? a conversation that has to happen right. so there's no uh you know there's no bad blood there whenever it comes time to buy in you should have already had that conversation whenever you got to the practice and have that all figured out already I, you know, I personally hope that people get a hold of us uh, and, and and kind of speak from uh, a new associate point of view because I'm I'm very curious to know why people keep jumping from one place to another. I have yet to see anybody really stay stagnant and say I'm happy here. I'm going to stay here. I really see more of a let me just go from office to office, yeah. uh, location to location. I'm seeing a lot more of that, and that's just not sustainable in dentistry. And, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, if I'm the fourth or fifth location. I'm going to be kind of like, you know, one eye, like looking and going, hmm, what makes me that special to think that this person is going to stay here for the long term? Right. Right. I'm going to invest in you. I might even pay for CEs. So why would I do that if right. I know you're going to be here for a year? Right. Right. So as an associate, you have to kind of start looking and saying that that is what I'm doing in the long term beneficial for me. Right. And as an associate, if you're doing that, based on my own experience, it was actually very beneficial to me. I can't say it was beneficial to the patients. Um, it gave me an overinflated ego because I never got to see my failures. I was only at a place <laughs> for one year. I didn't have to you manage my own fa- failures, right? Yeah. I said everything yeah. I did was gold. I, it was wonderful. But you know, you start to get humbled real quick at, at year two, year three, year four. Once you start to see some of this stuff needing to be redone, then you really start to learn how you how good you are as a dentist. And that's actually called geographic success. Yep. When you when you're not there long <laughs> enough to, to actually see the people coming back and going, hey, remember that crown or that implant or whatever that you placed in my mouth? You yep. Know? Yep. And it's actually very humbling. You know, and I'll speak for myself, like, uh, there's a lot of things that you know I've done differently after yeah. I've seen my oh, yeah. my failures, yeah. and, and there's some stuff I've done differently after I've seen what other people have done that yeah. caused my failures. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and and so I think the one thing you have to do look in the mirror and, and be able to analyze that. But you know, what advice would you give to associates 
I mean, because I feel like right now dentistry, and, and, and tell me if you feel this way. I know you're big on the whole culture thing, but the whole culture of dentistry, period, right? I feel like people are not as excited about dentistry as they, they used to be. Are you talking? I feel like it's become, I'm talking about just the, the, I mean, dentistry in general. Like, owners don't seem to be as, as happy. Uh, associates don't seem to be as happy. Assistants don't seem to be as happy. You know, and I know that COVID really, I mean, messed it up. But was it something that COVID sped up? Right. And dentistry was getting to this point where people were just not happy to be dentists, not happy to be assistants, not happy to be hygienists. So, uh, you know, you know of Steve Harvey, right? I, I know Steve Harvey. OK, so uh, yeah. I just I Him just I had the same <laughs> <laughs> So I just showed this video to my staff. Um, OK, he was saying you, you have to change your mentality. People wake up and they say, I got to go to work. I got to pick my kids up from school. I got to pay my or do all this stuff. Just change that one word to I get to wake up this morning. I get to go to work. I get to pick up my kids and spend time with them. Change that whole perception. As far as COVID, I think COVID was the best thing that happened to dentistry. I I have seen nothing but good from I think COVID was a, an absolute blessing for dentistry. Go ahead, break, break that down, man, because <laughs> we just created a whole little new podcast right here. Go ahead, break that down. So How COVID, the heck was COVID beneficial for dentists? We lost two months. Yeah. Right? We have patients that are calling out sick because they can't come to their appointments because they're right. sick right. with COVID. Right. Uh, we've, lost, um, we've lost patients because of death. Right. COVID. Right. Well, please tell me, Kyle. There, hey, there's a silver crazy. lining in everything, Walter. There, there's the. Uh, I'm going to change I, that. You you had to deal with with COVID. To I got to de- I I get to deal with COVID. So break it down, please. So one, all the government money that was pushed into the economy, we're paying for it now with inflation. But regardless, people ended up with more money in their pocket. So they, okay. COVID also made people start to think I need to start taking better care of myself. Everything's connected. And at least in my area, I saw people with a more willing attitude to deal with things like gum disease and, you know, cavities and and taking better care of themselves, taking better care of their mouth. I've seen, you know, the, the stress that people have gone through with COVID uh, this isn't really a benefit to the patient or to it's a it's a financial benefit to the dentist. But, you know, taking pictures of people's mouths and saying, look at these cracks in your teeth. They weren't there a year ago. They weren't there two years ago. This, you know, emergency patients coming in with broken teeth and um, needing treatment done. It has created more treatment. There became a, a backlog of treatment from not being open for two and a half months. Um, so with more willingness to take care of themselves, more money in their pocket because of stimulus money and more treatment that needed to be done. Plus throw on top of that insurance companies where there is a big trend right now for a lot of dentists going out of network with most, if not all insurance companies and reaching out to the insurance companies saying, look, depending on what area you're in, in my area, I said, there are five dentists in my area. I know this one, this one went out of network completely. I have a thousand of your patients that I don't want to, I still want to be able to treat. Are you willing to negotiate with me as far as fees go? And a lot of them have been willing to negotiate where in the past they haven't because they need that, that dentist in the area. Uh, So you're getting higher reimbursements in that regard. And if you do see a high percentage of cash patients in your practice with inflation happening right now, now is the best time to raise your fees because people understand that fees are going up everywhere and you're not getting crucified as much by the patients for, for higher fees. Uh, so all, all of those things I think have benefited dentistry. Uh, plus it gave us you know two and a half months of, time out of the office where we got to relax a little bit and take care of ourselves too. If, if, 
if you were financially, <laughs> you got to understand. Because I know some people that were sweating bullets, man, oh, for yeah. those two months. Like, yeah. How yeah. am I going to survive that boat I just bought in the backyard? <laughs> right, right. There's, <laughs> there's first world problems that we create for yeah, ourselves. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, so let me try to sum this up. So you're basically saying that COVID, if you look at it from uh, another point of view, was beneficial because it allowed people to understand and take care of themselves right it allowed people to basically look at the problems within and say okay well you know i've been stressed and that's why i'm breaking some of these teeth and i need to get them fixed right right and uh so you created more uh dental opportunities right. for dentists yeah uh it, it allowed you to basically now that we have inflation allow you to raise your rate and also be able to negotiate with insurance right uh for higher rates because you're like hey I can take care of these patients. I'm available to take care of them. And on top of that, uh, patients want to come to my office. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So with that all being said, how do we account for the fact that there's less production happening because of the fact that patients are calling off and stuff? Because now if I have a cold, if I have a cold, the first thing I think of is COVID. Right. That's most people. Right. Right. So I'm not going to come to the office. I'm going to call you and say, Dr. Dumper, you know what? Uh, man, I, my, I have stuffy nose. I, my head is hurting. I'm going to stay home. Right. So you just canceled that appointment. Right. Now imagine if that appointment was going to be for three crowns. Right. And you booked this, you booked two hours apart. We'll say two hours aside. Right. That's two hours worth of production just lost. Right. Because someone had a cold or whatever they may be and assumed that it was COVID. Which, to me, I always think, you know what, better safe than sorry. Sure. Right. Because right. I'm not trying to get everybody sick. Right? right. So 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 that's the situation that a lot of people are dealing with right now. Right. So they, I, I don't know if they believe in the kumbaya, happy go lucky dumper version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, you know, what I mean? yeah, the uh, that creates an opportunity in itself that if you have a lot of emergency patients that are calling in the offices in my area, um, oral surgeon four to six month wait to get in to see, uh, the general dentists, uh, are about, you know, at least four to six weeks out that I've patients have talked to me about. I don't do any advertising at my office. So when somebody, but you're also in a very small town, right. And that's right. Right. And that might be something to consider. If you're an associate dentist, a new grad look for, uh, yeah. an area that needs you. Don't go to a, you know, the 500 uh, room building in the middle of the city that already has 20 right. dentists in it. Uh, go to an area where you're actually needed and you'll be a lot busier. Things won't be as hard. Yeah. And, yes. you know, yes. if somebody cancels in my schedule, if it's a, you know, an hour appointment to do a couple of fillings, that created the opportunity for me to see an emergency patient where I'm doing a root canal and crown and I'm doing my production ends up higher. Uh, it creates the opportunity for somebody that's in your chair already. Hey, you know, it looks like my next patient just canceled. We have a couple of other treatment plan for your mouth. Let's just get them taken care of right now. You're in the chair. You're already numb. Let, let's mm -hmm. take care of them now. Great. And uh, that creates more opportunities from that. So it creates the opportunity from, you know, you're doing a hygiene check. You check somebody, you know what? I just had a cancellation. Let's save you from coming back. Let's get you into my chair right now and we'll get this taken care of for you. The patient's happier. They don't have to come back. They got taken care of same day. They don't have to take another day off of work. And you filled that hole. And um, there, there's opportunities everywhere to, to get those, uh, as they say, make lemonade out of lemons. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess we'll kind of wrap it up and talk about the front office. Okay. Right. Um, so the front office, the one thing that they always talk about is, man, it's not worth it. Patients are getting yelled. Patients are yelling at me because we don't have time to see them, and everybody wants something today. Right. Right. Our 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 society, and I'm talking about first world problems here. Our society is, I want it today because I asked for it today. Right. I didn't ask for it for tomorrow. I asked for it today, so I should be able to be seen immediately. I'm better than the next person waiting in line. You know, my life is way more important. Everything is better, better. You know, it's me, 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 right? Yeah. And the people that deal with that are the office managers in the front office. Right. So how do we make sure that we keep them? And then, and, 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 and I'm going to say, stop saying the culture. 
See, I, I, I was, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me about this because I got nothing. <laughs> that, that's the one area that, you know, I got nothing because I see, you see it in the news every day with how many people are getting, you know, we had to land the plane because Karen got upset that, you know, somebody five rows back isn't wearing their mask and she flipped out on everybody and went nuclear and you had the whole population is stressed right now and we're all taking it out on each other. And there, there has been a loss of human decency uh, where decent to your fellow human being. So, no, the, the front desk, they, they take a lot of abuse uh, from yeah. nasty patients. And as the own, if you're an owner, you stand behind your employees and set that standard that, you know, yeah. that kind of behavior doesn't fly here. If you're going to be re- mean to my staff, you're not going to be a patient at here anymore. I, I think I think you kind of said the answer without knowing this, but culture. But I feel like the, <laughs> no, that, that's culture. That's no, believing in your staff and backing your staff. No, but I, I, I personally, what you said is actually true, right? I, I get a lot of feedback that basically says, you know, I don't feel appreciated. Right. I don't feel appreciated. I'm doing a lot. I'm trying to take care of so many different things, right? They wear so many different hats. Right, they're, they're they're in charge of making sure every patient's happy, getting their money reimbursed, collecting, uh, dealing with insurance. You know, going to talk about treatment planning. You know, t- you know. I think after a while, we got to just sit there and say, man, we need to find a way to make sure that they feel appreciated. And feeling appreciated comes with a lot of things, right? It comes with just basically, uh, you know, hey, take this and, and, and just go take your family out for dinner or something right. on me, yep. Yep. or or hey, you know what? You've worked really hard. You deserve a bonus of some sort because you've put this whole and kept this whole office together. That's right. office manager, right? Or the front office, you know, the front people that pick up the phone. Hey, you know what? That Mr. Smith, how dare they talk to you like that? That's not right. You know yeah. what? I'm, we're going to get rid of Mr. Smith. Something that says that I'm hearing you and I'm listening to what you're saying. Man. Right. It's not just the back versus the front because I feel like there's a lot of culture. Yeah. In, uh, in, 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 in in dental offices that basically pin the back against the front. Oh, yeah. Well, why would you schedule this for an hour where we need an hour and a half? And the front's like, well, I just needed to put this patient in because they're talking about, hey, I need to get in, da, 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 and it's an emergency, you know? Right. So I think this whole back and forth needs to just be canceled out, and it needs to be word team. Right. If you're in the back and you have time, go help the front. Right. <laughs> go up there and ask them, hey, what can I do? Right. What can I instead of TikToking or doing all this extra stuff that people do? I don't even know what the kid, young kids these days. I don't know. I sound like an old man, but I don't even know what they, they TikTok a lot. I feel like I feel like everything's TikTok, right? But but go up front and ask, hey, what can I do to help guys? You know, right. I mean, maybe I just need to, you know, I don't know, call a few patients or or pick up the phone. Yeah. Something that just shows that we appreciate them. And I think for the front, it really is just as simple as just appreciation. Right. I'm not saying that's not how it is for everybody. Everybody needs to feel appreciated. Right. Uh, you know, I remember uh, an, uh, a front office lady told me one time, she was like, when I was an assistant, I would get stuff thrown at me. And I'm like, what? Right. And she's like, yeah, you know, like the doctor would throw stuff at me and yell at me. And, blah, blah. and now if you tell these girls that they didn't do something wrong or these guys that didn't do something wrong, they start crying. And I'm like, well, we, we, we kind of stopped uh, mentally abusing people. All the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you you. We had to deal with a little more. Right, right now, everybody feels. I always say that, and, and I'm probably going to get canceled or something. But <laughs> I feel like everybody's getting soft. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Like everybody's getting soft, right? Yeah. But but I but but you know, again, I think we have to also shift with the culture. Even as grumpy as we are, Kyle, we have to shift with the culture and say, okay, you know what, guys, I appreciate the work you're doing. Right. And oh, you're yeah. doing the work. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you you're doing great when you suck. You suck. Okay, I'm going to let you know you suck. <laughs> you know? But if you're doing great, I'm, I'm going to actually pull you aside and say, hey, I appreciate the hard work you're doing because you are doing really well. You know what I mean? But not, yeah, not, to toot, know, not to toot my own horn, but uh, you've been doing that the whole t- time. Tuesday, the whole time. Tuesday night, the, uh, the staff and I are driving out to Pittsburgh, spending the night out there. Uh, Wednesday morning, we're all getting on a plane, flying to Florida. So the four days in Florida at the beach is – their, their reward for, you know, a job well done this past year because it's been rough on everybody. So it, it comes yeah. down to treating your staff right, communicating amongst yeah. all staff members, communicating effectively with each other and right. realizing that, you know, we can't affect other people's lives 
as well individually. We're a team. We all need to work together as a team and we can touch a whole lot more people if we do it together instead of, you know, setting up a hierarchy at the office or I'm better than you and I don't do that. That's not my job. It's, you know, we're all here to help each other out. That That's right. And, and just yeah. keep that in the um, back of your mind. But I honestly, I'm going to say, um, you know, we have to be careful now. You said touch Connected. Yeah. We're not touching them together. We're not. We're just okay, so I gotta put that out there. I don't want anybody. To you you must be that magic kind of dentist that doesn't have to touch people. <laughs> Listen, you gotta be careful what you say now. You know I mean? Just got no, can't touch them in the wrong place. <laughs> exactly. No, but no. You know that's awesome. I really think that that's the key. I, you know, I, I will say that one thing that I've learned is when dentists succeed their team needs to understand that they succeeded too. Right. And if it's monetary, so be it. Right. Not being cheap ass right. and, and start giving people, if you're doing well, if you are sitting here at the dentist and you're driving, you know, a Porsche and Lamborghini and all this stuff, you know, your assistants are looking and saying, well, how come I haven't gotten a raise? Right. But yeah, you coming in, you coming into the office with the Lambo. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. they're going to take, they're going to feel some kind of way. I feel like the one thing that anybody can do, COVID or no COVID is to basically spread spread the wealth. Absolutely. Right? Make sure that everybody gets to feel that, that, listen, we all succeeded. You guys worked hard. It wasn't just me. Yep. You know what I mean? It was everybody. I think there was a CEO that basically said, I'm not going to take a, I'm going to take a pay cut so that, that my, the rest of my company can actually get an increase in pay. It was like a few years ago. Right. right? Now that looks like, wow, that's, you know, that's normal. But I mean, at that time it was like, wow, this guy actually, considered his whole entire team yeah. as a part of himself and said, if I'm doing well, you need to do well. Yeah. You know, and hey. that's, that's something that I, I think dentists, we need to stop being selfish and greedy and stop thinking about the bottom line and saying, Hey, we did well this year, guys. Or if you're struggling, we need to let everybody know, Hey, this is, we're not doing as well, guys. And right. let me show you. Right. Right. Being able to, you know, cause you always talk about how we're a family. Families talk about finances. Right. You know, so I think the best thing to do is say, hey, guys, look at the numbers. We're not doing well. Yeah. Right. This is why you haven't gotten an increase in pay. This is why we're not doing this. Right. right. Ninety nine point nine percent of people understand that. Right. Hey, Doc, how can we help? Because then we can basically have an env- environment that's better and so forth. What can we do? Yep. Most people will understand that. And Absolutely. if you don't understand that, you need to leave. Yep. Period. Yep. You need to leave because you're, you're, you're basically toxic yep. to the environment. Yeah. And I think cutting the toxic people out of the environment is also beneficial. Oh, yeah. It makes it better no, for everybody. No matter, right. No matter how hard it is to replace them, you might just need to say, let me just cut the fat. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me cut the obesity. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say anymore. Don't worry. We don't have any sponsors. We don't have to worry about making anybody mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we joke, we joke a lot. But like, you know, the, the key is we need to make sure that we look out and we understand that we're, we're we're benefiting. And I think really what it comes down to is, and I think in in the, in the grand scheme of things, people care about being able to take care of their family just as much as you do dentists, yep. right? And they care about feeling appreciated just as yep. much as you do dentists. Yeah. So you are no different. From your assistant, from your hygienist, from your front office. Right. You think you are, but you're not. Right. Right? If you don't feel appreciated, would you want to stay in the job? No. I don't think so. No. If you don't feel appreciated, would you want to stay as an associate? No. I wouldn't want to work for somebody that doesn't appreciate me. Nope. Right? So, I mean, in the end, we've given out great advice. I think we've done well. I think people that listen to this podcast are going to be better off for it. People that don't are going to be poor and hungry. Yeah. And I hope that's the case. And they don't get a chance to see the swag uh, sweater that I got. Check us out on YouTube. You'll see it. If you, if, you, if you go on YouTube, you'll see the amazing sweater game that I got going yeah. on. You know, As opposed to my uh, 10-year-old T-shirt that I got. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. You know, Fashion model, you know, role models. You know, they look at us as fashion role models, and you're embarrassing us, Kyle. You're embarrassing us, goddammit. <laughs> but no, man, this was great. Uh, I, I think this was fun. This was something that needed to be talked about. Absolutely. Because I've been noticing this for a very long time, and, yeah. and I think it's something that hopefully people are going to start interacting and saying, oh, that's really happening with me, too. So what can we do? Yep. Right. And if anybody wants to come on and, and give your side and say, you, Dr. Aki, you, Dr. Dumpert, don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
you know, let me tell you why I hate my dentist or yeah. I hate dentistry or whatever. By all means, please come on. Yeah. We'll listen. Email Walter. I don't need that kind of negativity in my email, in my inbox. <laughs> email Walter. Real dentist with an email.com. Email me uh, because Dr. Dumper is going to be on vacation. And uh, he, he will not answer or read those emails because he doesn't like negativity in this world. That's right. You know, he, he, he's, he's all about sheltering himself from negativity. <laughs> Dr. Dumpert is now uh, Gen X or whatever the hell the generation was where they don't believe in anything negative happening to them. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, Dr. Dumpert. Enjoy your vacation. Uh, when, you. when am I flying out with you guys? Hey, well, as, make it out as soon as you join that payroll that you keep talking about. <laughs> well, you know, give me incentives. Yeah, Maybe you hey. fly me out, you know, fly me to Florida. <laughs> and I need to see how the team interacts with yeah, each other. Absolutely. Like, you know, absolutely. Yeah, man. You know, just let me know. I'll bring my family to you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions, the final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.